Alrighty, good to see y'all here tonight. Uh, apologize to you about Sunday. I don't know what happened. Just one of those things, and I want I thank Tommy for filling in for me right fast and uh, taking care of things. And uh, but tonight. I'd like to just bring, so you know, we don't hear a lot about it anymore. We don't talk that much about it, and we should. But I'm going to do a little deal here on the power of the blood of Jesus. Many churches now don't even talk about the blood. They don't sing about the blood, and they don't, they don't preach on the blood. And we don't realize how powerful that the blood of Jesus is and what it did for us. And it's, it's getting left out of the churches. Uh, you don't hardly hear any, like I said, preaching on the blood of Jesus. Most people say, well, blood, that's too gory. Without the blood, we would be in one big mess, I'll tell you. But Jesus, and even in the Old Testament, the blood was very important there. When they sacrificed an animal and killed that animal, he had to shed blood. Blood is a symbol of life. Maybe not the one that shed it, but of life around it. You know, Jesus lost his life because of the shedding of blood. But he gave us life eternal. And then God, in turn, resurrected Christ and gave him back his life. So blood is very important and it's very powerful. We don't realize what the blood of Jesus does. And I've got about 10 scriptures, and they're, they're short, but the first, about the first eight scriptures are on the blood of Jesus and what, what, what it does. And many times we don't think about it. Uh, the Bible tells us several powerful things about the blood of Jesus and what it does when we apply the blood. Now notice I say apply the blood. It's very important. I'm going to tell you in a minute how to apply the blood. But it's just like, and I'm going to read it here in a minute, but like in the book of Exodus, the blood of Jesus had to be applied. He said apply it to the doorpost and the lintel and the, you know, of the house. And when I pass over, I will see that blood and I will pass over you. He said, I will bring no harm upon you. So applying the blood, you know, they could have killed all the lambs of water, but if they hadn't applied the blood like God told them, it would have done a bit of good. Not a bit of good. And if we don't apply the blood of Jesus to our lives, it's the same thing. It's like we're saying, Lord, your blood's not important. It's very important. And God saw it as important. And, uh, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out here with some, some scriptures of what the blood does. And uh, first of all, blood provides the forgiveness of our sins. You know, if our sins weren't forgiven, we would spend eternity in hell. But through the power of the blood of Jesus and us applying that and believing in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven and we receive eternal life. But here in uh, Hebrews 9.22 it says, And almost all things are by the law purged or cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no 
forgiveness. People say, well, why did Jesus have to shed blood? Right here. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of our sins. So if Jesus hadn't shed his blood, our sins would not have been forgiven. The, the blood washed our sins away. They cleansed us. And uh, blood gives life. Here in John chapter 6, verse 53, and Jesus said, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. What do we do when we receive communion? That's what we're doing right here. The bread represents Jesus' body. What do we do? We eat it. We get him down in us. And the juice represents the blood that he shed. That's what communion is. Is, is, is we are, are, are getting more and more of Jesus on the inside of us and thanking him for all that he did on that cross for us. And so that is what communion is, 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 is when we uh, take of that communion, we're saying, Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you have given us eternal life through your death and through your resurrection. And uh, whether you realize not the shedding of blood brings you closer to God. Here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Jesus Christ, who you sometimes were far off, are made near by the blood of Christ. Christ's blood drew us closer and closer and nearer to God. It was blood, Jesus' blood, his death, his burial, his resurrection that reconciled us back to God. At once we was distant from God. But through the blood, we were re that, that God received us back, forgave our sins, and now we are in communion with God through the blood. It says, and blood gives you the boldness to approach God. In Hebrews 9, 10, 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren, the boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. It's talking about the holy of holies. Now that's back in the Old Testament. Once a year, the priest could go into what they call the holy of holies. He had to be holy himself. He had to have no sin in him. He had to be forgiven of all his sin before he went into that holy of holies. Do you know before the priest went into the holy of holies, you know that they tied a rope around his ankles? Around one ankle. And on the bottom of his robe, his garment, were little bells. As, as that priest would walk around, they could hear those bells. Tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. But that rope was around his, his ankle. If it got to that point that they could not hear those bells anymore or that rope was not moving, they could pull the priest out of the Holy Holy because he was dead. He was dead. And they could pull him out of that Holy Holy. They couldn't have gone in themselves to get him. You had to be pure. You had to be holy. You had to be clean. So before that priest could go in there, that priest had to be cleansed how? By the blood. So that he could go in and represent the people. And uh, <clears throat> and the blood, whether you realize not, it sanctifies you. Here in Hebrews 13, 12, it says, 
Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, he suffered outside the gate. Do you know there was never a cross, there was never uh, a death on the cross inside the gates of Jerusalem? Because that's where the temple was. It had to be outside the gates. You know, Jesus went to a place called Golgotha. That was outside the gates, on the hill, away from the temple. He couldn't, they, they could not be shed of blood inside the temple there. And to sanctify, you know what sanctify means? Sanctify means to be set apart for the work of God. When God sanctifies you, he sets you apart from, from, from another person to do what he has for you to do. He has sanctified you. He has set you apart from somebody else because he's got something special for you. So you're sanctified by the shedding of his blood and what he wants you to do. And you know, have you ever just really thought about that and say, how many of us have really ever asked God, God, what is it you want me to do? What are you calling me to do? Many of us have never asked it. We just, and God's got an answer. It scared me to death when I finally asked him, God, what is it you want me to do? I felt something. I couldn't, understand, I couldn't explain it. But something started happening to me. I said, God, what is it you're calling? What do you want me to do? And when I heard those words, I want you to preach. And I, I thought to myself, God, surely you're not talking to me. Sometimes God has things in store for you that you've never dreamed that he would call you to do. I never thought I'd be a preacher. I never thought I'd stand up in one of these pulpits and talk about God. Tell you about God. But it's the greatest thing that has ever, ever happened to me is to represent God as one of his, as one of his spokesmen. To be able to tell you about him and his love for you and how much he cares for you and what he wants to do in your life. How he sets you apart from others to do something very special for him. But sometimes we have to ask, Lord, what is it that you have set me apart to do for you? Just keep asking. And one day, when you least expect it, you're going to know. You're going to know because he's going to tell you. And sometimes I ask God. I say, God, why did you wait so long and so late in my life before you did something with me? He simply told me and what I felt, he said, you wasn't ready. You wasn't ready. But he says, when I made you ready, I could see it was time. So when God, you know, just look at Moses. Look at Abraham. Look how late in life, especially Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old when he first started out serving God. Age has nothing to do with our service to God. Nothing. Because God puts it in your heart what he wants you to do. So, the blood sanctifies you. It sets you apart for a work that God has for you to do. And the blood cleanses you. 
In 1 John 1, 7, it says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And, it's, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not some sin, not a little bit of sin, but from all sin. Every, every sin out there is God's blood, Jesus Christ's blood that cleanses us from that sin. And uh, some people say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have any sin. We all have sin. Every one of us. We all mess up. He said, he who says he has no sin is lying to God. We all got sin. And sometimes we don't want to admit it. But I'm a Christian. Yes, we are. But we make mistakes. But God knew that we was going to make mistakes. He knew that we was going to sin. Not intentionally, necessarily. But He knew that sometimes things happen in our life that we mess up. We've got an enemy out there that just loves it when He, when he can cause us to mess up. And God even took care of that. He even gave us a scripture that when we do mess up, when we do make a mistake, we know without a doubt that we can be forgiven. 1 John 1.9 When we sin, if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us, to, re to cleanse us again from all sin. He gave us that scripture so when we mess up that we don't have to worry about not being able to come back into the presence of God. He knew we'd mess up. He knew what we was going through. He knew that, that, that we still had that old sin nature in us. That old sin nature stays there. You never lose it. The only time you're actually ever going to lose your sin nature is when you go to heaven and be with Jesus. You're going to fight it. But Jesus says, fight it. I'm with you. I forgive you. Because he knows that we're just human, we're flesh, and that we're going to make mistakes. He says, so I have took, taken care of that for you also. So if you do make a mistake, remember, you have a forgiving God in heaven. And uh, when you realize not, the blood also heals you. Jesus' blood, the his stripes. Here in 1 Peter 2.24, says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, or he's talking about on the cross, that we being dead to sins should live unto, the right, unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. It was the blood that flowed from those stripes that healed your body. Many of you here have been healed by the blood of Christ because you had faith and you believed. And, and, and Christ... And we see this again over in Isaiah chapter 53. For by his stripes we are healed. Not we can be healed, we will be. We are healed if you've got the faith to believe that God has healed you. So always remember, it's by his stripes, the blood that runs from them stripes, that has washed you, cleansed you, and healed you. And it is the blood of Christ that enables us to overcome the enemy, to overcome the devil. Look here what it says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And
And they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. They loved Jesus so much that they were willing to give their lives rather than deny him. They were raised eternally. You know, whether y'all realize it or not, the blood was so important to God that y'all realize in the Bible, the blood, the power of the blood is mentioned over 700 times. That's how important the blood is to God. The blood is very important. Uh, we were told in Leviticus 17.11, and this is so true. You ask any doctor, says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. It is the blood that, that forgive, makes the forgiveness of the soul. Without blood flowing through our bodies, we would have no life. Now I asked Beverly, she works for doctors. She works in a doctor's office. She could tell you without the blood pulsing through your body, going through your heart, beating and circulating, you would have no life. You'd be dead. Without the blood, you'd be dead. You know, and that's, that's truth. Speaking physically and spiritually. Physically, if we didn't have the blood flowing through our body, we'd be dead. Spiritually, if we don't have the blood of Jesus on our lives, we are spiritually dead. Blood is very important. And the blood that Jesus shed is even more important. It just it keeps it, it, it keeps us, it just keeps, keeps flowing through us. It keeps us alive. It keeps us serving him. It keeps us in his power. It's through the power of the blood that we are able to do so many different things for Christ. It's it, the power of the blood is our strength. And uh and the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can bring about the forgiveness of sin in our lives. Nothing else but the shedding of the blood of Christ is what brought about the forgiveness of our sin. Nothing else. It was his blood. And here in 1 John chapter 1, 7-9, listen to what it says. It says, we're told if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We read this a while ago, but I'm going to go a little bit further. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say we have, that's what I said a while ago, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, Jesus knew that we was going to need this blood even as we walk through this life. We was going to need that cleansing blood to, for the forgiveness of sin. We was going to need the power of that blood to go through this life and to serve him. You know, when we admit our sins to God, the blood of Jesus provides complete forgiveness and cleansing. When we say, Lord God, I messed up. I have sinned against you. And I'm asking you to forgive me. Lord, I was tempted 
and I slipped. How many have been tempted and slipped? We all have. But Lord, I know through your word, it says when I mess up, that through your blood, I have the forgiveness of sin. So I'm coming to you right now asking you to forgive me, restore me, Lord, back into your presence, and forgive me of where I messed up. At that very moment that you prayed and said that, you were forgiven. You said, well, but what about if you, you need forgiven more than once? That's fine. Pray more than once. Ask him more than once. You know, Peter asked Jesus, what? Well, I forgive somebody. Should I forgive them seven times? Well, Peter thought he was being very seven times. Boy, that's a lot when somebody comes against me or I or they sin. If I forgive them seven times, no. Jesus kind of looked at Peter and said, "Peter, Peter, not seven times, but seventy times seven. <coughs> seventy times seven. As often as they ask you and mean it, forgive them. And, you know, and that's hard. We're, we're, got, we're flesh. It's hard to keep forgiving somebody and forgiving somebody, but God says we have to if they truly mean it. So we have to be very generous. Think how generous Jesus was when he forgave us. Think of what he went through. I, you know, I'm just wondering sometimes I think, did Jesus think when he died on that cross, this is really going to be hard. And I'm going to have to forgive all these people. Even though all they did, maybe they, didn't, maybe they don't mean that they want to be forgiven. And some people don't. I'm, I hate to say it. But some people will come and, and, and act like they're asking Jesus to forgive them. To keep somebody from keep asking you, are, are you saved? Are you saved? They will just come down and pretend they're not even Christians. They're not serving God. And they're not saved. They may think they're saved. They may even come to church and sit every now and then. But what is it? Jesus does not look upon the outside of man, he looks upon the heart. He sees your heart. He knows if you're truly saved. He knows if you truly love Him. He knows if you have truly received Him as your Lord and Savior. And until we get to that point and truly, truly accept Him as Lord and Savior, we're not saved. Some people say, well, I sit in church and I'll be saved. Not sitting in church. You have to receive Jesus Christ in your heart before you can be saved. When we admit our sins to God, the blood of Jesus provides, like I said a while ago, complete forgiveness and cleansing. When you confess it with your heart. Without the blood of Jesus, we and too, without the blood of Jesus, you know you're defenseless against the works of the devil? He can do about anything he wants to. It's the blood of Jesus on you that gives you the power to fight and to go against Satan. And I think of what I said a while ago, we must apply the blood to our lives. Just as the blood had to be sprinkled on the doorpost, we also must apply the blood of Jesus to ourselves. It, I mean, it's already been shed for us. He's already done that. 
But it only becomes powerful and effect when you apply it to your life. When you accept what he did to your life is the only time it becomes powerful. You apply, this is how you apply the blood. You apply the blood of Jesus when you say, the blood of Jesus was shed for me on that cross, and I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior today. And I apply your blood to my life. See, you're just simply confessing that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You're asking him to come into your life. When he comes into your life, you are applying the shed blood that he shed on that cross. And then, like it says in the Bible, and God says, when I see that blood, I'll pass over you and no harm shall come. So, so God has to see the shed blood of Jesus on us through our confession of faith in Christ. We're confessing. Lord, I believe in you. I'm trusting in you. My faith is in you. I know who you are. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on that cross. And I believe you rose again. See, that's confessing who Jesus is. That's confessing in your heart. And uh, <clears throat> you can apply the blood of Jesus by receiving, you know, you can apply the blood of Jesus to receiving healing. What well, we say a while ago, over in Isaiah 53, 5, for by his stripes you are healed. By the blood of the stripes you are healed. Do you realize that you can apply the blood of Christ to protect your home? Here a while back, I went over to Roy and Pat's house. They just moved in. I took my oil with me, and we anointed that house keep Satan away and for God's blessings to be upon that house and upon whoever walked into that house. That they would know when they will come in, I pray that whoever walks into this house will feel the presence of God and know that he is here. You need to do that to your homes. Fathers, husbands, anoint your house. Give it to God. Ask him. Father, whoever walks into this house, let them know that the residents here, the people here belong to you. That your presence is in this house. And Father, we are not ashamed to admit who you are in our lives. You need to apply. That's applying the blood to your house. The protection of your house. Uh, it can be applied to your children. You need to do this. You need to anoint your children. Anoint them with oil. Pray over them. Lord, I'm asking your hedge of protection around my children. Lord, I am calling for your blood to be placed upon my children. That your hedge of protection would be around them. No harm can come to them because you're watching over them. Your hand is up on them. And probably none of us have ever done that. I hope we have. But invite God into your house to be the protector, the protection over your house. Pray for your children. Anoint them with oil and pray for the protection of God's blood over your children. Pray for the healing of your children when they get sick. Anoint them with oil. Pray, Lord, I pray that your blood will touch my children and heal them. See, we don't think about doing that. But we're instructed in God's Word to do this.
And uh, we have to realize something. The blood of Jesus will never, ever lose its power. Never. But it will only make a difference when you apply it to your life. You have to apply it. Confess Him. Ask Him to come into your life. There is power in the blood of Christ like no power there is in this world. But the power of the blood of Jesus will cover every single thing in your life. Protection, healing, the protection of your children, your home. Pray for Jesus' protection. Anoint your house. Anoint your children. When they're sick, pray for your children. Anoint them with oil and ask for, the, for God just to touch them miraculously. Pray out loud so your children can hear it. Let them know what you're doing. Tell them, I love you so much. I'm putting, your, I'm putting you under God's hand. God's going to heal you. Tell them. Let them know how much you love them. But that is the power of the blood, and that power will always be more powerful than any doctor or anything is the power of the blood of Jesus. So we need to, we need to use this. We need to use the power of the blood of Jesus in our lives. But I just wanted to bring this to you a little tonight because, you know, like I said, we don't really ever talk about the power of the blood anymore like we should. We don't. Huh? Okay. Pleading the blood of Jesus, yes. When you plead the blood of Jesus, you say, Lord Jesus, I know you have shed your blood, and I ask you to take that blood, I ask you to touch my child or whatever you're touching, whatever you're praying for. And if, you were, if it's a healing, and I, I plead your blood that you will heal so-and-so. I pray that the power of your blood will protect my home. I pray that the power of your blood, I plead that, Lord, that it will be upon everything that I have. So. So we don't really realize how powerful the blood is. Get you a good concordance. Go to blood and look at all the scriptures. Like I said, God mentions it over 700 times in the Bible. That's how important it is to God. If it's that important to God, it ought to be that important to us. God's telling us to, to, to use the blood, to apply the blood. When you apply the blood, watch how your life changes. When you apply the blood and pray over your children, watch what happens. God honors the blood of Jesus. God honors the blood of Jesus. But that's all I'm going to do tonight. There's so much you could say on this that I had to go through here and just kind of pick out things. I would be here all night. But I tried to pick out some things that I hope we can understand about applying the blood, calling on the blood, 
believing in the power of the blood, and it is only the blood that forgives your sins. And that gives you eternal life in heaven with God. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your blood. Thank you for your son and all that he did. For the shedding of his blood, Lord. He didn't hesitate when he came to this earth. He knew what he was going through. He knew. But Lord, he said, Father, I will do it. I love the people so much. Lord, I want them to be saved. I want them to be healed, Lord. I want them under the power of the blood. He died for us. But God, he also was resurrected for us. But we also know that when we're resurrected, we shall have the life that Jesus has now. So, Lord, thank you so much for everything. Those here tonight, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll just touch each one of them. Lord, I, I plead and I pray the blood over everybody here tonight. I pray that you will touch them, that your blood will flow to them. You will heal those that need healing. You will prosper those that are going through some hard times. Lord, you will meet every need that's here tonight through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you now. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.